0: The busier schedule, the more intentional you must become. You're listening to the Tim Price Go Harvest podcast, a podcast designed to offer practical insight and encouragement to local church ministry leaders. We're thrilled to have you join us during this second season of the podcast and invite you to help us continue to reach new people by hitting subscribe and the five-star rating. Blessings on you in your ministry. And for now, let's turn it over to Tim Price. Hey, welcome to the Go Harvest podcast. Today, we're going to spend just a few moments talking about busy schedules and intentional living. Which comes first, the intentional living or the busy schedule that requires it?
1: That's a good question. And looking from experience in my own life, I've learned that when I really have a lot to accomplish and I really have to get my schedule down pat on the calendar and everything in place, Mm -hmm. then I get a lot more done, including time to relax and feeling like I accomplished something without being, you know, burning the candle at both ends. It's really amazing. If I, days off are good too, but when I have a day that I just kind of dilly dally around, a lot of times I don't even get to the things that I wanted to do, even though I have a whole free day. Yeah, And I learned this the most one semester of college, probably the biggest time, first time at least I remember experiencing this. I had moved away from school. I had to drive like 20 minutes to class. And I was also serving as a part-time youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And nearly every weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I did retreat or revival or something. And there was a couple months in there where I literally was just going so ballistic. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> every Monday through Thursday and then Friday through Sunday morning and then Sunday night youth group. And um, somehow in the process of that, driving included 30 minutes to the church and 20 minutes to the school. I somehow was able to pull all that off because my calendar had to reflect like really intentional planning and when I was going to do what. Like every day, every moment mattered. Yeah. And and I didn't have time to sit around. And and there have been other seasons in my life like that, too. So I'm sure they've been for you, too. Yeah. Have you experienced that?
0: I have. Um, First off, just hearing about all that, I'm just really tired now. (laughs) No, um, uh, you know, I I think it really kind of, for me, um, the intentionality part of it came whenever my wife and I had our first child. And, you know, because I was uh, serving um, as a worship leader and a youth pastor at a church. I was working full time. Um, I was married um, and my wife and I, we had our first child and I had to like really kind of crank down and um you know replan my my schedule because I was realizing that I wasn't really spending time with my son you know mm-hmm. I mean he was like you know zero days old or whatever you know he's like well, you know and um and yeah so like I needed to like make it intentional I mean before then you know I'd get home from work or whatever and my wife and I we would just like Stay up a couple hours late and talk and whatever, and no big deal. But you couldn't do that with a newborn baby because they're asleep. You know, you have to kind of like catch those moments when they're yeah. awake. Um, so that was like the birth of me having to like think about my schedule. And actually, it's that is a time in my life where I changed things in my life because of something that you said or that you do is um, I used to like just sleep in till whenever. And that in that era of my life, I started waking up every single day at six o'clock. Um, and I don't know why we had a conversation and you say you get up early because you get stuff done. I was like, man, that sounds interesting. (laughs) I'm not like a person who likes to wake up early, but I just started doing it. And man, from the day one of waking up early and actually like starting my day, right. I would get up, you know, make coffee and plan out the day and what I was going to do. And everything seemed to flow so much better. And like you said, I didn't, you know, just have a wasted day where I would, Mm -hmm. you know, lay down in bed and be like, oh man, I missed a b c and d i you know so
1: i think i remember that conversation in the old choir room oh really back there yeah it's february 13th 2017 i think tim i'm just kidding (laughs) barrett
0: (laughs) you got to go back one more year for barrett it
1: was 16 i just didn't want to sound like i knew what i was doing
0: you have this like so talking about like intentionality and planning and calendaring you have an amazing mind and how it works (laughs) and you can recall very specific dates and it is
1: amazing to me i'm my own historian like it just probably is because i sit around think too much about my own life so that's not good either yeah (laughs) well you should you should start um you should just start writing it and then it's on paper well i do journal a lot yeah so it's in there somewhere if i handwrite it i probably never be able to read it again yeah because i write to remember not to read. read but nice anyway well, that's good. I mean, I I think I do remember that. and You've brought that up a couple other times. So yeah. do you still get up early? I still do. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh,
0: now we have two kids. Um, and it is the time of the day where I get the most amount of work done. It's like, a super concentrated time. You know, it's like, you know, for yeah. people who like coffee, it's like the espresso shot of work, you know, because I have like two hours there before, you know, the kids are up and going crazy, you know, um, on off day. Today's podcast, it's, um, it's an invitation not to bemoan the busyness and the opportunities, but to become more intentional um, of how to accomplish it. Uh, but we have a few reminders about busyness before we really kind of jump in.
1: And these reminders are just you know thoughts about this. We wouldn't want somebody to become so intentional that they get everything done, but it's really not the right things. Like They'd be sad to work, 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 and all of a sudden turn around and realize, I didn't even need to do that. Yeah. So um, that's where these three things come in. And, and these are pretty obvious, but one of them is there might be pruning in your life. If, mm. if busyness has overtaken you and you really can't even accomplish it all, even if you are planning out well, and you have no time to relax or to have Sabbath or to visit with family or friends... Mm then you probably need to get rid of something in your life or work. And so, and there are seasons for that, you know, pruning. I've heard a lot of guys my age, 40, some things that, you know, in their thirties had to set things aside and then pick it up again later. Like if you have a bunch of kids at home, it's hard to go golfing. It's just hard to take, you know, Saturdays and, and go off on your own somewhere. And, um, and for some people that works, other people, it doesn't, we all have to like adjust in our lives, but there might be something that you can prune to, uh, help that. And the other two are also obvious. One is delegating. Uh, You can't just keep mounding more and more and still be effective. And so one goal in life is to figure out who can join you and how you might delegate it. And then the last one is just the idea of focusing. And part of the purpose of even being intentional in your schedule is so that you can focus on on the things that help make the most impact, the ways that God has wired you up. And um, this is hard to visualize without seeing it, but Somewhere along the way, I had kind of reflected on the fact that um, each year of my life, as I've kind of gone on each season, maybe a couple years for some of these, my life, you know, if, if it's a visual line, that's your life. Mm-hmm. And then in that line, there's this little hump somewhere that you're like focusing on or thinking about. And it's interesting because um, for a long time, I could reflect on the fact that when I was like a college or seminary student, the line of life would be there. And that one little hump was like, you know, like maybe fire up conference. Like before yeah. that actually got started, I started, I just thought about that all year long. Yeah. And then I realized a couple of years later that the line had risen up to the top of the hump. I no longer had to think about fire up all the time. It was, it just was, you know, it was part of like my routine of the, of the year. Yeah. And, but then all of a sudden the next hump was there, you know, like, you know, raising kids or kid being born or, you know, job change or whatever. It's like this focus. And then your life kind of rises to this, you know, top of the hump. And I don't know what kind of, you know, implication that really has except that when you focus on something that helps bring it to life and then it becomes part of your life. Yeah. And so that's just kind of interesting. Yeah. But those three things, you may need to prune things or delegate things or at the very least focus so that this intentional living part fits.
0: That's so good. So, you mentioned something earlier that like, it's not on our little agenda here, but I just wanted to like talk on it for a second. You said something that's so amazing when it comes to busyness and intentionality, but you said, uh, keeping the Sabbath, like taking that day of rest. Um, mm-hmm. like I, I used to be like, you know, heck heck, whenever I, um uh, when I was uh worship leader, youth, uh, youth pastor working full time, had a wife and a new kid, Like, my life was crazy, and I felt like I had to go all the time. And, like, I didn't really have a Sabbath where I can just kind of rest and enjoy my family and enjoy, like, I don't know, like a hobby just to kind of take my mind off of things. Uh, But just, like, being good stewards, like, with our resources that God has given us, we have to, like... You know, so in my life, for example, whenever my wife and I got married, we decided, hey, we're going to like biblically tithe, you know, according to what it says in the Old Testament. And um, and since we started doing that, you know, we were giving away more and more money to the church, not giving away, but, you know, giving back to God what was his, but like we never fell short, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same sense, that Sabbath is super critically important because whenever you... Have that rest, have that Sabbath, have that time with God. God's going to bless everything else that you do for that.
1: So that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's so hard for anybody that serves in churches to do a Sabbath like you're supposed to be able to do a Sabbath. Yeah. Most families would go to church, that'd be part of their Sabbath, Mm -hmm. and then they would go home and have lunch and talk and mess around or go to games or whatever. And so you really have to be creative, yeah, how to be doing Sabbaths well.
0: Yeah, and I think that like um that's something that one should be a top priority as a church for their staff and volunteers. Um, uh, because if you're not able to do that, that's where burnout will also happen.
1: Yeah, and, and just the fact that um I mean, you basically summed it up when you said it, but whenever you have that Sabbath time, it increases your mm-hmm productivity which is not the goal of a sabbath but in a sense god's word and and rhythm is what helps us to really perform and and produce and to accomplish things monday through saturday or you know the six days a week and if you don't have that break time so there's a lot of times when i take an intentional sabbath and all of a sudden so many things come to light and become clear and focused yeah it's like sharpening an axe before you cut down the tree (laughs) yeah and so yeah that's That's huge. And it keeps from burnout as well.
0: Mm. All right. Well, let's look at this short list of principles for intentional living. And Tim, the first one here, it says one calendar.
1: Yeah, we actually have four of these little thoughts. And so how do you accomplish this? And there's so many ways to do calendars. And actually, Mm -hmm. I think on a recent podcast, I mentioned that I have a calendar crisis because somebody wanted me to switch to Google. And I did so we could share it. And so now I've got like, uh, just. It's kind of a zoo. Yeah. However, Carrie Newhoff says you have one life. So you should have one calendar. And so within my one calendar now that I'm getting back on the groove, I just have various things that overlay on it. Okay. And one of those things is to, um, list out your ideal. So I have a calendar of what I would love my week to look like every week. Okay. And sometimes I'll click that. And when I do, my week looks really, really full, but it's all full of things that I've thought in advance about what would be great. Mm-hmm. Like, playing music with my daughters or you know hanging around with Suzanne or you know just waking up early and doing my morning routine and spending time at the church for this amount of time and you know just everything is like mapped out on this calendar in Mm -hmm. little blocks and uh so having one calendar is is huge for that but there's also the other aspect of um wanting to keep track of your calendar and whatever system you're using paper or digital or whatever so that you do have one calendar for one life so Mm -hmm. if you have a family birthday party or a a dance recital or whatever it is that you've got to be at. It's all together in your calendar. So you don't have to say, Oh no, I didn't see that on the calendar. (laughs) And that just helps you, you know, able to get all the stuff in that you need to get in. Yeah,
0: no, that's so good. Uh, a year or so ago, my wife and I, So we're going to be married for seven years and it's taken us this long to finally like sync up Google calendars on our phone because, you know, she's a photographer, you know, I serve uh, in church ministries and, you know, serve with harvest and stuff like that. So we always have, you know, crazy different things coming up at different times, you know, and, um, and even some of them, it's like super last minute, you know, I get a message from you like, Hey, we just got this thing in blah, blah, blah to Mm -hmm. do an outside you know, whatever thing. And I'm like, let me look at my calendar. And, you know, it's super handy to be able to to have one calendar. I don't know if that's what you mean by one calendar, but my wife and I, we have
1: one calendar where everything is. Well, a lot of families do merge it. We we basically have calendar meetings all the time. Oh, nice. Between my wife and I. And we could merge it, but we basically just sit around and plan ahead and say, oh, But she's the guru of that. Like, she she lives and breathes that stuff. She just says, oh, what are the dates coming up for the blah, blah, blah. And I'll go home, and there'll be a whole notebook all set up with all this stuff. Oh, my.
0: (laughs) I, I cannot imagine thinking like that. Now, my wife, Tina she that's totally her she's like she she likes to plan things out she likes to get it we have our digital calendar on our phone but we also have one on the refrigerator for that month Mm -hmm. so it's like a a visual minder every single time we go to get like i don't know milk or something (laughs) yep dentist appointments all that stuff dentist appointments those are important there was a block in my life where i didn't go to the dentist it was bad yeah
1: i have a long story about that that i could tell another time (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) so let's move on to the next one it's time blocking and this is a concept that um, is is kind of you can read about it. You can Google time blocking. Basically, it's just a matter of mentally giving yourself a certain amount of time to. You know, some people do this with meetings all day. They'll have fifteen minute blocks for meetings. Doctors do that. Like they just pretty much they get what they need to get done because they've already set themselves up for having to be gone in fifteen minutes or whatever. Oh, nice. And um, so time blocking. Here, here's a good example. Most everybody knows, even if they don't use this approach, and that is that if you are going to be going on vacation next week you can do so much on Friday. Like, you can get everything ready for the entire week on Friday. You can talk to everybody you need to talk to, you write everything you need to write because you know you're going to be gone for a week and it all has to be squared away. And so you basically are time blocking. You're saying, before 5 p.m. today, I have to have everything done. And you do it. So it's just weird how that works. Wow. And so sometimes some of the time uh, gurus, time-saving guru people, they'll, that's one of the principles actually is to – uh, decide on a particular day when you have a lot to get done, mm-hmm. to just think about, all right, I'm going to get this done. Like I'm not going to be here tomorrow uh-huh. or to plan to not be there tomorrow and actually take a day off and just determine that you're going to get all this done before you take a day off tomorrow yeah. or whatever the situation is. So, that's, that's
0: crazy. Yep. I wonder if that's, I forget the name of it, but you, there's a book that you were talking about. It's a four hour work
1: week or whatever. Well, the four hour work week book, I don't know if he talks about that in there. The book I got that from is called Time Power by Brian Tracy, okay. and that's a book that you could actually read like once a year. Yeah, at least glean through it and just as a reminder, it's like just tons of things about how to, and and you know time blocking also works for errands. Like if you're gonna, and most people understand that if you're gonna run out and do an errand, you might as well do three. Yeah, it's gonna be about the same amount of time. And if you got to be home by two thirty, then it's amazing how it's amazing how long sixty seconds really is. <sighs> you can you can go do a lot of stuff in in twenty five minutes. Yeah. Even if you're driving around town. Yeah. So that's good. Depending on how small your town is. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> or how far your errands are. Yeah. My brother who lives in Orlando, if he goes to Cracker Barrel in Orlando, it takes him about 45 minutes to an hour to get there. Oh my goodness. And in our little town here, go to Cracker Barrel, it's literally a mile and takes about 50 seconds. <laughs> and so it's, it's all, all relative. That's awesome. All right. This next one. I like this
0: one. This is, this is good. The big rocks first.
1: Have you seen that illustration? Like with the jar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is great. Everybody sees this illustration. Yeah. It's so good. But it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the illustration is that if you have rocks, pebbles, and sand, and you put all the sand in a jar and then all the pebbles in a jar, the big rocks will never fit. Mm-hmm. They'd fill up the jar. But you can have that same amount. If you put the big rocks in first, then fill it with the little pebbles, then fill it with the sand, there's plenty of room. Yeah. And so the big rocks first. I mean, it's pretty obvious in terms of our calendar and life and priorities yeah. how you you know make sure the big things are there first mm-hmm. and um i don't know what, what what do you think of when you think of the big things the rocks
0: yeah so like um when we've been talking about this i've been thinking about you know like um like like job roles like things that you have to do mm-hmm. and you know i think um, at least in ministry or even like in the secular world because i used to work in, in sales you know you know, th- you have your big goals that you have to take care of for that week. So if you crank those out when you come into the office, hypothetically, if you start tackling those big things that you have to get done, even if you like block it out to where, you know, it's like, if it's a multi-phase goal for the week, you know, you could block it out and, and tackle that and get those done first. Then, you know, everything else that's smaller, you know, you had a big victory. So then these rest of these are going to be pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah.
0: All right, so the next one we have here, Tim,
1: is planning ahead. And this sounds so obvious, but in this idea of being intentional, yeah, you have to pretty much plan ahead. Yeah. And so, the days when I know it's going to be totally crazy, I write the whole day out. And Tuesdays has been one of those days for me for a long time. Like, oh yeah, it just it's it's all day long. You know, I drop a kid off, you know, ten till eight, and then I don't see that kid again until nine p.m. I just, oh, just the wow. day is just full yeah uh, crossing paths and and staff meetings and people and stuff and yeah. to do's and so we, re- you, we record this podcast on tuesdays yeah we record this podcast <laughs> on we've, yeah we've done some. we've done a lot of tuesdays yeah we've done about every day i think yeah except for sunday except for sunday but even then, we probably could have done that if we wanted to, but we didn't. But anyway, so planning ahead. And and this might you know, a good example of this might be anybody who has had kids at home mm. and has had to get multiple kids to multiple places at the same time. Mm. And that is like one of those spots where if you don't sit down the night before or the week before and say, mm. okay, who's going to be driving this person here and who's going to – I mean, are we are going to drop this person off with somebody or is a grandparent going to come help? Or yeah. how is all this really going to logistically work out? Yeah. And if you wait until the last minute, that is such high stress. Mm. Oh, and for so, sure. You can never, you know, have an intentional life with with that. And if you plan ahead a little bit, then all of a sudden those same moments become awesome moments. Like, um, you know, they've got something going on and you've got something going on. I just, I just have this tiny little nugget of a memory where uh, my daughters had to be somewhere and time didn't fit right. And so they went to the grandparents' house first. And then because of that, Suzanne and I had like ample amount of time, like way more time than we needed but it had to be this way. And yeah. so we went and ate the new Chicken Salad Chick restaurant in you know, Edwardsville. Oh, and, nice. And had just a lunch that wasn't planned at all, but yeah. only came about because we had this planned out issue resolved of how to get people everywhere. Yeah, what a blessing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was really good. But if you eat a Chicken Salad Chick, then there's a good chance you might be the only guy in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been there? <laughs> yeah, no, I've never even heard of it. <laughs> it's a chicken salad restaurant in Edwardsville over by pizza place really pizza and i love chicken salad oh yeah there's all kinds of different types of chicken salad but you should go in there and try it. the first time i went in there i was the only guy and i'd gotten a free coupon because it was new hey there you go it was like every 65 year old lady that could possibly be in edwardsville was a chicken salad chick. so i'm a 65 year old lady but no and then (laughs) then you then i was just in there i was the only guy in there that's awesome and then when suzanne and i went there was a couple more like men but for the most part it's like ladies yeah sandwich place yeah (laughs) you know who has like Besides making it yourself, which is the ultimate
0: because um, you can make it however you want. I think that... You know who has the best chicken salad in my mind? Walmart. Oh, wow. They like... Because it's like
1: real fine chicken.
0: I I don't know what the deal is, um, but it's really good. The stuff that they make there, not like, you know, know, brand X or whatever, but like the stuff that they make at the
1: deli. Mm -hmm. The chicken salad is really good. The best chicken salad I ever had in my entire life was at Shaker Village in harrodsburg kentucky oh wow and it's it's shaker village was it's like a restaurant and they just walk around grounds it used to be the shaker commune like okay the shakers yeah but they didn't believe in marriage so they like they, they died became all. extinct <laughs> and then they still have this big huge complex there and you can go eat the oh, shaker wow. village restaurant what would it be like if you're the last shaker i don't know
0: <laughs> you, man that would be we should look into that sometime yeah real quick though It'd chicken
1: salad it. toasted bread or non-toasted bread well, I can't remember what was at the Shaker Village, but I think it was just like what do you mul- prefer? Multi grain, thick, yeah. like harder type of bread, yeah. but it's not toasted.
0: Okay, I'm a,
1: I'm a toasted <laughs> kind of guy. So I never even
0: thought of it. No, there you go. <laughs> I think about a lot of things when it comes to food. I really enjoy cooking. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> I, I do. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, we just used up at least three minutes of this podcast talking yeah. about chicken salad. That's okay help people th- listening to this before lunch and not like Ooh, you know, they're really hungry now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, this is
0: um, including the chicken salad conversation, this has been a, a great conversation um, and hopefully an encouragement to every ministry leader. Um, nearly every every pastor um, or ministry leader I know has a full plate, and these things definitely help. In and, and to everyone who's listening, I want to thank you so much for listening to the Go Harvest podcast. We hope that it's helpful to you and your ministry. Keep lifting up the name of Jesus and living out your calling. And don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. It's a huge help to us. We believe in Harvest Ministry and the work we're able to accomplish by the grace of God and with your partnership. There are two simple ways to support this podcast. The first one is by clicking the support button and commit to sponsoring us on a monthly basis. And with the contribution of 99 cents or more, we will send you a free gift. The second way to support this is through Amazon Smile. Just go to amazon and set the one-time link up that allows Harvest to receive a small percentage percentage of your Amazon purchase.